You're listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. In the cafe episode, there's a scene that cuts back to Bandit and Fido talking, and Bandit says something like, oh, they're really hard to maintain. Pretty sure he's talking about his Queenslander house here because, you know, 100-year-old house, lots of maintenance, pain in the bum. So we actually tracked down one of Queensland's premier heritage architects. His name's Andrew Ladley, and I started out by asking him what his role as a heritage architect entails. So I work um, uh, as an architect, but my primary role is providing advice to owners of uh, heritage properties, heritage listed places particularly. And um, so I work for for the owners, I work for developers, uh, town planners, and I work with um, them and their their architects to help facilitate um, approvals and also to provide advice on how to look after their, their buildings and their properties. So presumably that's, you know, your, your Queenslander house up to any kind of large size heritage building, yes? Yes, anything, um, including uh, recent things like the Queensland Cultural Centre. Um, uh, I'm working on the QPAC additions, new pe- performing arts venue there. So uh, it doesn't have to be old. Uh, so heritage uh, things can be listed for a number under a number of criteria and um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an, uh, different ages, different types of buildings, uh, uh, places in Brisbane, places in uh, rural areas up north. When did you first become sort of passionate about, you know, heritage architecture and preserving and conserving, um, you know, kind of our built history? I guess I was always a bit interested from when I started studying. Uh, I did my thesis on um, uh, what why people like old buildings, but... But then for years I, I just worked in mainstream architecture and I guess I had a bit of a career change in the 90s when I sought out a, um, a job with a, a firm that specialised in, in heritage work and that's where I um, developed most of my expertise on the, on the job. For people who watch, you know, Grand Designs, you'll hear Kevin talking about, you know, buildings tell the, tell the story. Is that something yeah. you, you kind of agree with? Oh, yes, I definitely do. And the, and the, the stories in the, in the fabric of the building... You can write all the words you like, but I mean, seeing things in the flesh. Uh, I'm particularly interested in in reading buildings, reading the changes, and uh, how places have evolved over time. Well, look, we're talking to you today because Bluey, the uh, the hit TV show that's set and produced in Brisbane. Um, now, Bluey lives in a in a Queenslander, um, in sort of the Red Hill Paddington area. So before we talk about sort of specifically about Bluey's house, what makes a Queenslander house sort of quintessentially a Queenslander? There's a few theories on that, but I guess the, the essential elements are, um, are the construction of lightweight out of lightweight materials, uh, timber which is plentiful, sheet metal roofing, tin as it's called, corrugated iron, and fairly economical in in terms of size and fairly recognisable form. I mean, the early ones, obviously, it was a pyramid roof, uh, a four-room core with a front veranda, uh, kitchen out the back, and then they sort of variations from that. Um, and I guess the other part of it was was being elevated on stumps, and uh, there's lots of theories around why that happened too, but a, a good part of it is due to local topography, dealing with sloping sites, um, giving space underneath to dry your clothes, that sort of thing. So I guess the, it's that small timber and tin building uh, with a, with verandas typically that uh, say Queenslander to most people. 
What kind of time frame are we talking about with Queenslander houses? Well, I guess the late um, 1800s and um, the, the period up to around the First World War was the earlier form and then they, they kept that form for a while up between the wars but then they evolved into your um, more elaborate gable type things like you see in um, suburbs like Ashgrove and places like that. So they evolved, um, the verandas became more enclosed, more used as sleep outs um, up until the Second World War so and then obviously after the war things were more frugal and the, they became a bit more more austere in their design. So I guess anywhere from the late 1800s to the um, Second World War is, covers the the broad base. That that change in style you talked about, say at Ashgrove, did that come because of, I guess if we think about the inner city suburbs like you know Paddington, Red Hill, very much your workers' cottage, working class, and then as Brisbane kind of expanded, maybe the, the properties are getting a bit more... Um, desirable in those outer suburbs as Ashgrove would have been? Yeah, and they were bigger, obviously bigger lots too, bigger lots so you could build a bigger house and um, people's needs changed, they, they needed more rooms and I mean, we say Ashgrove these places happen all over Brisbane and I guess Ashgrove's just uh, a good example of um, where there are a lot of those houses from that interwar period. Looking at Bluey's house, you're an expert on, on Queenslanders and the design, how would you describe it? It's very recognisable. Um, it's it's a, a, a workers' cottage with a, a small front veranda, um, and the front the uh, front bedroom projects forward, which is common with a gable at the front. So, yeah, it's common variation on the on the early design, like pre World War One or just after World War One design. Yeah. And these are prevalent sort of through Red Hill, Paddington, any other parts of Brisbane? Yeah, Red Hill, Paddington, even Nunda, Woolawan, um, in a, in a southern suburbs as well. So very common throughout the earlier suburbs of Brisbane, yeah. Now, if we look at other parts of Bluey's house, it's clear it's been sort of fairly nicely renovated. So what are some of the, you know, you've renovated this, you know, Great Queenslander here at Wavell Heights. What are some of the typical renovations that have happened over the last 20, 30, 40 years? Oh, I guess good and bad. I mean, people used to close in the verandas um, to make more space, but they weren't usually very good spaces. Um, they'd put um, uh, sheeting over the VJ walls because they didn't like dealing with those. They'd cover the floors, um, build in kitchens, open up walls to make rooms larger. Basically anything anything goes, but and the, I guess the common one is lifting and uh, creating rooms in underneath to to make more space. Are there any any problems inherent with the design? Because I remember living in Queenslanders as a younger person, and winters were terribly cold in them. Yeah, they, they work best in the warmer weather when you can open them right up. So, yeah, not not a good cool weather house. You get drafts up through the floor and very thin walls. Um, and they work best when they're correctly oriented. So facing certain directions, they didn't always work. And they tended to be not designed for the way they faced. They were a, a, a common design that was located uh, sort of willy-nilly almost. So, yeah, they weren't... But they can work well if you open them all up. But then a lot of people don't like that because it means you've... People like insect screens now, they like air conditioning... Um, so there are challenges with living with them these days. 
So now my, my grandparents' um, place when I was a young fella, um, their place was in not far from here in Wavell Heights in a street called Vale Street. Now they lived in a post-war house. It's a very typical, you know, small two-bedroom post-war with a little landing out the front. But the street had plenty of Queenslander examples in it as well as the post-war examples. So obviously the street was developed around that sort of crossover point when the, the Queenslander was kind of going out of fashion. Um, you know, what, what were some of the reasons why the Queenslander went out of fashion and we moved more into that post-war sort of design? I think it was um, just uh, lack of materials and, and spaces. So my, my parents built a house at Chermside on the edge of Wavell Heights um, after the war and I remember my father saying he had to personally take time to go and chase up materials because it was just hard to get things. And I believe there were limitations on how big you could build in those days. So it was dictated by the times very much. Um, the post-war uh, uh, issues of materials and, and a lot of people wanting to build at the same time. Some of the suburbs we've mentioned, um, you know, Ashgrove, Red Hill, Paddington, some of those inner sort of southern suburbs, I guess, like Cooparoo, Woolloongabba, it's quite desirable now to, to own a Queenslander. But are we in danger of losing some of this history in other parts of Brisbane? Oh, yes, I think, look, the general character places are, are fairly well protected. Anything pre-46 in Brisbane is um, uh, tends to be covered uh, by character protection overlay but unfortunately that allows a fair bit of scope for change so we're seeing um, loss of a lot of traditional character places even though the, the bones of the house might be there or the facade um, they're basically being over renovated changed too much and there are a few that actually have heritage listings so they're, they're, they're safer in terms of protection but um I think people like to the idea of having a um, a Queenslander house, but they don't want to change them too much. They don't always respect the essence of what's important about them. Is the modern way of constructing buildings, because I guess when I think about a Queenslander, I think it's got that form and function. They thought about the climate, you know, the high mm. ceilings and mm. stuff. Mm. Um, what's your opinion on sort of a modern way of constructing where we kind of slap things up without much thought to the climate and the surrounding area? Uh, I think it's depending on who's doing the designing, but, I mean, there's a lot of clever architects out there now doing good additions to Queenslanders that take those things into, into account and maybe in some cases take them into account better than when the house was built originally. Um, and I think um, additions can be good because they can, if, if they're done as a separate pavilion out the back, for example, they can take the pressure off um, the original house to make changes to it. So it allows you to keep the original part of the house more original and put the more heavily serviced areas, kitchens, bathrooms and things out the back in a separate new structure. So a ch change per se isn't, isn't necessarily bad. It's just when uh, when the, the changes mean that the character is dramatically changed. Well, just finally, um, you know, I've, I've joined a couple of Bluey fan groups. The Americans especially have discovered the Queenslander, the architecture and the style and have really fallen in love with it. And now you've got Americans talking about wanting to build Queenslanders or a Queenslander-style house over there. And I guess maybe a Hampton style is sort of a similar design um, or a similar look, but is there going to be a rejuvenation in this kind of um, heritage architecture, do you think, through something like Bluey? 
Yeah, interesting. I was going to say, is, is, is that our revenge on the Americans for giving us the Hampton style? But um, look, of all the imported styles, the Hamptons probably um, can be close, but it's very much an applied aesthetic, which um, is probably a bit fashionable. I mean, it has elements about it that relate to Queensland houses. I'm not sure how it would apply to America. America's, I guess, a bit like Australia. You've got all sorts of extremes and variations of climate and so on. That's why Queensland houses isn't going to work well everywhere in America, just as it doesn't work well everywhere in Australia. But I think of all the house styles um, that are popular in Australia at the moment in Queensland, uh, yeah, the Hamptons probably can sit pretty well with Queenslander houses. Well, mate, thank you so much for having a chat to us today. Really appreciate your insight into preserving our history. My pleasure. Thanks, Justin. You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane. This house is falling apart. It's just got character.